everyone. We're back with another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. And I'm Maria. And today we have a very special episode. We have Kristen Martinez joining us. Thank you for having me. So nice to be here. She's going to talk to us all about teletherapy. But before we get into that, Maria is going to let you know what we are drinking and eating. Of course I am. So we have a Chardonnay, a California wine. Mm -hmm. It's by Bachus or Bachu. I don't know if it's French, but you know, I never really know. So I says source grape from the best vineyards in California from Bacchus or Bachus. The result is I think a it's Bacchus. Bacchus? Okay. It's B-A-C-C-H-U-S. That's confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the result is a ripe, elegant wine that offers great value. Cheers. All right. So my opinion on this wine, cheers. Virtual cheers with Kristen. Yeah, I like this wine. Um, I think it's pretty uh, smooth and just crisp and easy to drink. What do you think? I think it's very light. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit too light, but but mm-hmm. not like it's like all watery, but it's definitely on the lighter side. Right. I think if I were to pick like the threshold for the lightest wine I could take, it would be this. This okay. would be the starting of the lightest. Okay. But it's good. And then we had it with mozzarella. Yes. With mozzarella cheese. Mozzarella cheese. Right. Mozzarella cheese with and this, a trisket. The trisket. We had mozzarella cheese on a trisket. Well, trisket, I gotta say, this trisket is my favorite thing of everything. Really? Not even the wine. This Uh-oh. trisket. I got the it's rosemary like, one. That Yeah. So I think definitely drink it, but definitely eat it. Right. Oh, trisket, rosemary, crackers. That for sure. Well, that- I also made us um, a house salad with shrimp, and this white wine apparently is supposed to pair nicely with seafood. So I think it's good to have like a light wine with a heavily flavored thing. Agreed. I suppose. It definitely tasted better, the wine, when I had it with your salad. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for that salad. You're welcome. I walked in and Deb was cooking. I was like, look at this sight. Who expected this? Who would have thought? What a rare sight. It is. Yeah. (laughs) So we both drink it. Drink it. Mm -hmm. And Kristen, what do you have? Very good. So I, you know, not nothing too exotic, but a Kendall Jackson Chardonnay. Mm. So I have that with some Gruyere cheese. So it's a pretty classic, I think. Very nice. Very yes. good. Yes. We both have Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. nice. I worked in restaurants for a long time, and I feel like Kendall Jackson Chardonnay was just like the standard in almost every it restaurant is. I worked at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, you know, it's a fan favorite. It must. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you have fancy cheese. Oh, right? yeah. I feel like. That's a fancy cheese you have. A little bit. A little fancy. She's yeah. like, I, I stepped it up a notch, you know? You girls got to learn from me. Well, I'm glad. I, I don't know if you usually spend your nights drinking wine and eating cheese, so I'm glad you, like, did this. <laughs> not, I am, too. Not usually on a weeknight because I oh. very soon after get sleepy, and then that's mm. kind of it for, you know, anything else happening. So I right. weekends usually is when the wine might happen. Look at us parting it up on a weekday. I yeah, like here it. we go on That's a Tuesday. <laughs> so, Kristen, can you give us a little bit of background information about you? Where'd you go to school? How long have you been an SLP? Sure, absolutely. So, I went my undergraduate. I live in Colorado, mm-hmm. and so I was born and raised here. And so, my undergraduate degree is in psychology from Colorado State University. 
And then I got my master's degree from the University of Colorado at Boulder. And I'm coming up on 20 years as an SLP. So it does not seem possible, but that is the truth. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. for yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. And you're one of the few people that I have met, even virtually, that is a native of Colorado because we actually talk yeah. about this with Amy Graham, who a lot of people from Colorado are, uh, what's that word? What's that word? I'm She's chewing. chewing. Transplants. Uh, Transplants. Yes, there are a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, so, and yeah, Boulder is so beautiful. Fortunate. So that's very nice. Beautiful. Yeah, I live, I live in Fort Collins, which is about 45 miles away. So this is where Colorado State University is. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm lucky to be here. It was a great place to grow up and decided when I had kids that this was a good place to stick around. So. It's very Still here. pretty from what I've seen in pictures. I haven't been. Great. It is. So Kristen, we're going to, today we're going to talk about telepractice. So I'm going to briefly talk about Ash's viewpoint on telepractice. Oh, right. So <laughs> we always have to make sure that we do the background stuff. Yes. <laughs> like all the, right. all that stuff all that's the- written down. <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff that's written down, we do. Okay, yeah, we that's, do all that. We stuff. do all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So telepractice is the application of telecommunications technology to the delivery of speech language pathology and audiology professional services at a distance by linking a clinician to client or clinician to clinician for assessment, intervention, and or consultation. So this is not to be confused with telesupervision or distance supervision, which is supervision, mentoring, pre-service, and continuing continuing ed. And um, yeah, we got this term telepractice from telemedicine or telehealth, which is where the future is really going. Mm-hmm. And according to the code of ethics, the use of telepractice must be equivalent to the quality of services provided in person and consistent with adherence to the code of ethics. So pretty Got much it. I took that as just because you're doing therapy over the computer doesn't mean you could just not do a good job. Right. Absolutely. Yes. I, I recognize the, the language from ASHA. That is exactly as they, as they state it. And uh, I mean, that's, that's essentially what it boils down to is nothing changes in terms of your responsibility, in mm-hmm. terms of the code of ethics. Our job um, is, Every, everything is still there, whether you are in person or virtual. So that's, that's the gist. I took um, a telepractice course at ASHA two years ago in LA, and mm-hmm. I found it so extremely interesting that I'm surprised I never followed up with pursuing telepractice. Um, a couple things that I found interesting. One was that uh, it seems so difficult to wrap your head around, but then the way they explained it, I didn't realize like if you're doing telepractice, the person you're doing therapy with needs a partner with them at the computer. So it's not just like you and a child, that child has a communication partner just to make sure that that child is following through with their, your request or your instruction. Is that correct? Yeah. It is. So there's that really the, the degree to which that person, that support person, there's have different names depending on a speech helper or um, support person. The degree to which they need to be involved varies. So it really uh-huh. runs along the spectrum. Um, at one end, 
And it's really, you know, because a lot of kids, I mean, kids are digital natives these days. And so right. being on the computer is certainly not foreign. Interacting with somebody on a screen is not foreign. So it is rarely much of a leap for the kids. Right. And many of them are very independent. So sometimes it's just line of sight supervision, just making sure somebody's in the room. You know, obviously they're in school, they need to have supervision. But for the most part, some kids are really independent and they need very little, you know, anything else. Um, all the way to working with sig- students with significant needs, where they might need a one-on-one para with them throughout every single session. Um, and so there's a range in there. Mm-hmm. Whether it's sometimes it's just somebody who is nearby um, to give some reinforcement, some cueing if the child needs, you know, to get up and do some um, brain breaks and some gross motor activities every 10 minutes to stay engaged. Uh, you know, they can help support that. But it's, you know, so, that, so it's a range. But yes, there is, right. there is somebody at least in the room keeping an eye on things. I wonder if kids are just more like better behaviorally and more attentive when it's telepractice because it is Mm -hmm. a computer, which is so like enticing because in my therapy sessions, I'm constantly like, you're showing me you don't want the kazoo because I've had to say the instructions about (laughs) 16 times. Like I'm constantly repeating myself. I'm bringing kids back to their chair. I'm dangling Mm -hmm. toys in front of them. Like, look what I have. Just say 10 more words. So. I'm always like trying to do things, but it's, do you find that most of your clients are compliant? Uh, You know, I mean, of course, kids are individuals and so it depends on the child. Um, However, I will say as a general rule, the technology is motivating for a kid. Um, And sometimes we, we will find that students who maybe you know, a school, a director, on-site SLP might not expect them to do well with teletherapy because of behavior, because of attention, because they're really squirrely in person. And, and then sometimes they do a lot better when they come on the computer with a teletherapist. So I've had, I had an SLP, on-site SLP tell me one time I was working with um, a second grader and um, you know, he was, he definitely was a mover and a shaker during therapy, but he stayed with me and he completed 30 minute therapy sessions. And after a couple of months, she um, called me and said, I just want to let you know, I cannot believe how well he does with you because with me, he was all over the room, under the table. Like mm-hmm. I spent most of the time trying to just chase him down. Um, so that, it just connected for him. He he enjoyed the technology and sometimes we also find especially some of the older kids getting into late elementary middle high school they come into the computer can carry sometimes less of the stigma that they feel being pulled out of class for speech so being able to say i'm just going you know going to the computer computer time because there's so many things going on with computers for kids that some of them feel just socially a little more comfortable once once they get older. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 you know there certainly are are kiddos who still require a lot of um, reinforcement through the computer with that helper, the person there with them to keep them engaged. So it really it just depends. But yeah, we have we have a, we see great progress, and 
that was certainly one of the surprises for me because I, I didn't go into teletherapy expecting that I was going to be here seven years later. Um, wow, seven I, years. Yeah. Yeah. So I initially stepped away. I was in my school district as an onsite SLP um, and just had some family circumstances where I really just needed more flexibility. I needed to be able to have more availability for my family. And I tried out teletherapy and um, joined presence learning at that point and really expecting it would be kind of a stopgap and I'd be going back into my district position. And within a few weeks, I was pretty hooked. So I loved it. And I, the concerns that I had about connecting with my kids, about seeing progress um, pretty rapidly went away because I, I realized that I was still doing my job. It felt surprisingly similar to being there in person. Right. And it's like the other thing that I found interesting um, was the technology aspect. So the people who did the presentation that I saw, they made a lot of things on PowerPoint and they also had some like screen sharing activities. So it'd be like, put the monkey above the tree, put the monkey under the tree. So the child was like using the mouse to follow Mm -hmm. directions on the screen. So it was like almost like a video game um, Mm -hmm. while following verbal instructions. So um, between the partner and seeing like the virtual activities, that's what made it make sense to me because before that I was like not really sure how it worked. So, um, what do you need to get started in telepractice therapy? What do you need in terms of technology and then maybe like trainings? Right. So of course the bare, the basics are you have to have a computer on both sides with internet Mm -hmm. access and you want to have minimum bandwidth and internet speed. So most of the time these days, the, what people have in their residential areas, what the schools have is sufficient. Um, but that's something that you'll want to check out and run an internet speed test. Mm-hmm. So beyond that, of course, it's really important that as SLPs, we have the best audio quality, the best video quality, and an appropriate setting. So in terms of being able to carry out a therapy session, I want to make sure that my computer is set up where there's good lighting so that the student can see me. Um, I can open up the and I can make it to a big screen so they can really see my face close up and then vice versa. So if I need to really see their face, I need to see their articulators, have them open their mouth, um, I'm able to see well. And so you don't want to have anything set up in a dark space. Um, sorry about the noise, back on. Um, you don't want to have have it in, I mean, it, it's really pretty similar to if you're there in person. I mean, thinking about where would you, where's the appropriate place to have therapy? Um, you know, and I know when we're in the schools and I've done therapy in the hallway and in closets and in the library. Um, with teletherapy, you, you really want to make sure you have a good space with some with, that's quiet. Um, for somebody getting started, if the headset, microphone is important. You certainly, you can use the computer microphone. It's not always as good, especially if you really want to have that high quality audio. So we always recommend um, a headset with a mic on both ends, the student side or the 
or the patient side. I work with in, with schools um, and on the therapist side. So beyond the basic technology is, you know, and then of course, what platform you're going to use. Right. That's and, my biggest question. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask too. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of information out there. Now my, I will, you know, full disclosure, my experience is with presence learning. We have um, a platform that's been developed for use of all of our wow. therapists. So everything is integrated. So, so you all sign the on with that company and then you yes, have a program that you access. use with them. Oh, mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. you have access. And um, so there's, you know, so we're, we're pretty spoiled in that respect that there's a lot integrated. We have um, all the scheduling can be done in the therapy platform, data tracking, soap notes. So it's all integrated. Um, however, there are certainly people who are in private practice and they just want to be able to work with some clients from their homes or, um, you know, where they, they don't necessarily want to do a full caseload by teletherapy. Maybe they just want to have some flexibility. So the things to look for, number one, is making sure that you're using a secure platform. So not everything is secure as far as being HIPAA and PERPA compliant, making right. sure that you're protecting the privacy of your clients. So for instance, um, Skype is not a secure platform, but there are platforms like VC and Zoom um, that are considered secure. The other piece to that is for some programs, whether it's the platform you're using for video or whether it's um, what you're using to share information, such as Google Documents. There is, you, you want to call the company and ask about a BAA. So this BAA. is an agreement that, mm -hmm, and it usually means that it's a paid version of something. So a higher level of Zoom or a higher level of where, but it gives you that level of security. So then you can still use that platform and share information. So this is if you wanted to do this on your own without a mm -hmm. company like right. the one that you work for. Mm -hmm. Okay. Right. Thank you for right. specifying that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. So because yeah, our platform is secure, but if you're doing it independently, that's, that's a big piece um, that you want to make sure is, is obviously the security of all student information and any um, patient identifying information. So Right, because the so free version yeah. might not be as secure, mm -hmm. but even also right. like, there might be like time limits or audio or visual, mm -hmm. like the quality might not be as good. So you get what you pay exactly. for, really. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Yes. So in terms of any yeah. like certifications or trainings, do you need any type of certification to do this or just like a license and you, yeah, you don't need sort of specific certification for teletherapy. There are some programs out there. So there's some Facebook groups and, um, you know, there's people who they offer consulting for individuals who want to go out on their own and do teletherapy. So now, you know, again, speaking for my company, we do offer training related to use of our platform and that piece. So the majority of therapists who come to us don't have teletherapy experience. They have experience in the schools, um, so they understand what it looks like to work with the schools. Um, the, what's required and the piece that you have to think about that you don't need to consider if you're physically in one place all the time is licensure. 
So the reason teletherapy is so powerful is because we are able to take SLPs and get them to students in underserved areas or areas where the caseloads are outrageously high and helping re- relieve caseloads for SLPs because we can cross license. Right. So that's great. That yeah, you need to you like, always and, hear yeah, people who have like 90 kids on their caseload and it's, yeah. that is a, that's a like a way to resolve that issue. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I've heard upwards of a hundred, 120. So there's some, Oh my God. Really, really upsetting numbers out there as far as caseloads for therapists. Uh, and it was, it was very eye-opening for me to um, always having worked in Colorado to then I cross-licensed into other states and was working in other parts of the country and to really see the inequity in terms of services and how you know, what some districts and states have had to do to fill the gap because there is, there has been a chronic shortage of SLPs um, across the country. So yeah, so teletherapy is absolutely a way to address those issues, but also maintain the quality of care um, because we still have fully licensed, credentialed SLPs. Um, but you do have to be cross-licensed, licensed in the state where you sit, and then also licensed in the state where the child sits. Oh, that was my question. Okay, so it's not like I could treat somebody in California because I'm not if licensed. You're licensed in California, you could. Yeah, I was right, just going to say not. that. No, uh-huh. yeah, yes. Okay, and, makes sense. You know, in some, yeah, in some states you only need the state license, and others you also need to have the Department of Education license. This episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is brought to you by slpawards.us. Being an SLP and an SLP-to-be is a tough job, and our efforts are not always rewarded. Until now, Eric Raj has developed a wonderful product of ribbons designed specifically to award SLPs. There's the most awesomest future SLP award, SLP paperwork during the weekend award, most therapy materials in my card award, and more. These are great for graduations, holidays, and just every day to brighten up a colleague's day. Use the coupon code WINEANDCHEESE, all caps, for free shipping. This episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese is also brought to you by SLP Toolkit. Hey everyone, this is Deb, and I'm here with Sarah and Lisa of SLP Toolkit, breaking down 10 reasons why you need toolkit in your SLP life. Say hey, ladies. Hey. So reason number three, at IEP meetings, you're going to look like a data-taking rock star. You're going to get graphs and accurate percent accuracies based on all of your goals for each of your individualized students. Seriously, one of the coolest parts. I love being able to walk into a meeting with actual data because before, in the past, I would sit in meetings and pray to heavens that nobody asked to see my data because one if i was lucky enough to have it it was probably on the back of a like envelope and it was like scribble like (laughs) nobody would have interpreted it as anything else but for the most part i actually didn't have really any data to show probably at all so this has been really awesome because my data has never been better because it's so easy to take and then the fact that i just print it out and show people it makes it look like look like i really love data 
Well, and here's the deal. We just got an email today from an SLP in Illinois that said that they rehauled all of the SPED policies and they have to attach data to everything that they're doing. The IEP, like the actual session data notes. Oh boy. So you're an SLP toolkit user, no biggie. You already have that information and can run the report. But if I had to recreate that somehow, that would be not a good look. Oh, I'd have an anxiety attack. Well, and it is, it's just the direction we're going. We say this all the time when we present is we are living in a data-driven society. It's very litigious and you can't just depend on your smart guesses and your expertise anymore. You've got to have data to back it up. So if you've got it all in one place, you don't have to worry about student losing sticky notes or not having the information you need if something like this comes up in your district. What a huge relief. Yeah, so everyone needs to sign up for free at slptoolkit.com. And when you're ready to subscribe, use the promo code wine and cheese, all lowercase letters, to get $24 off the annual cost of Toolkit or your first month free. And now back to our show. And stay tuned next week when Kristen comes back on and tells us more about what teletherapy looks like. So you work for Presence Learning. So do they connect you with the clients or do you have to find your clients on your own? How does that work finding, making right. the caseload? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for us, we we have the contract with the school districts. And so they come to us and they have a certain number of students that need covered. And it and about, about half of the school districts we serve, there are on-site SLPs. They just don't have enough. And so we're helping with caseloads, helping to cover all the students. And about the other half, we are the only SLPs serving a district. So so it's a mix. The students that or of the those two that have SLPs on site, they're probably not the speech buddy, right? They're probably seeing no. their own kids. Each buddy in that case is usually like a paraprofessional in the school or Mm -hmm. it there have we I always when I when I part of my job and when we come on is to talk with the sped directors um, about how to implement services and you know we do talk about needing this person on site to support and I always advise against having their on-site SLPs be this person um, because right. we are we are really there to help the on-site SLPs exactly. and not add another task to their, to their very busy Because then days. really so, two yeah. SLPs <laughs> treating one client. It's, it's not a good use of resources at all. Right. So yes. no, we sometimes, right. So sometimes we'll be a speech language pathology assistant in states where there is that role. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it's a paraprofessional. So that's really up to the school, how they want to, you know, staff that role. So most of your teletherapy sessions uh, are during school hours because it seems like you're doing uh, the therapy sessions uh, in schools, right? So the students are, I guess, are they in a separate room, I guess? Are they in like the computer lab or back of a classroom? Just Uh, wondering. Depend. I'm sure. It's yeah, different. it really varies. Yeah, it really varies. As I'm sure you know, space is of a premium in school. So, right. Again, we all we advise if they have if they have a separate room that they can have computer set up. That's great. That's the best. Um, that's not always the case, and so sometimes it will be in the back of a resource room or in a speech room where there might be the SLP may be running a group at the same time. 
and they have a couple of computers set up and the kids are on the headsets and they're working with BSLP at the same time. I can just imagine how jealous the kids in the group are that that kid gets to be on the computer. (laughs) I would be so annoyed. I'd be like, we can't do that in here because then all my kids would be asking if they could go on the computer. And I'd be like, no, (laughs) it's not for you. That is a good point. So um, how do you conduct assessments via teletherapy? Mm -hmm. So again, for us, we partner with, major publishers and we have online validated versions of many of the major um, evaluate assessments so uh, for instance we have we partner with Pearson we have the self and castle and it's actually it's all the same picture stimuli but it's integrated into the platform so it pops up on the computer screen for the students and they respond just as they would if you had the flip book there in person. And so that's, again, that's always how I have done it. Um, in terms of informal, you know, our therapists, they're independent contractors, free to use whatever materials they want. Um, and so they're still sending out parent and teacher checklists and talking with parents and teachers. And we can even do classroom observations um, if needed. We work with the paraprofessional to go into the classroom and do some firsthand observations. So um, yeah. Wow, that's great. That's really, mm-hmm. I'm impressed. So do you accept CFs? Um, we don't currently because that's something that is not very, it's not really clear from Ash's point of view. So I know that it's, it's in the works. It's developing um, for potentially a portion of a CF, CF hours to be done via teletherapy um what we are what we can do um and we're looking in some areas is potentially supervising on-site clinical fellows oh i'm interested in that yeah i think that would be a good mix because at least Mm -hmm. you get the experience of what a school is like i have two cfs right now and well i mean i've had cfs this is my fourth year having cfs and i just feel like it's a bit a struggle for the CF to start like at the immediate start of the school year. I started in June. So I had like summer and I you like eased your I way. eased in. You I had a couple right. and then I got a school caseload and all that administrative tasks. Um, but my mm-hmm. two right now are just kind of like getting bombarded with that. And I feel like it's a little overwhelming for them. So yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. a really nice plan there to do like, to have somebody within a school, but then having like a partial kind of telepractice. And then once they get their C's, if they, cause they if liked, they, I'm sure they right. liked the supervision. Oh, you know, tele, mm-hmm. tele supervision. And then they could, since right. they're already comfortable with it and maybe know the platform, they could say, Oh, now that I have my C's and my right. license, I can now do the next right. step, which would be telepractice. So interesting mm-hmm. yeah, right good. yeah so impressive. it's really important to understand whether it's licensure there you know there's different state regulations so that's right. always what I advise anyone who's you know that's if they come to work with us we help guide that we have information around that but anyone who's doing this on their own it you know you have to do your research in terms of what is permitted state by state because it absolutely varies hmm So we're going to talk about activities right after a few announcements and a commercial break. 
And we are back. So we want to talk about some of your favorite things to do. Kristen. Yeah, we're dying to know. Yeah, what does therapy like, look what like? Does what does it look like? How do you do it? Yes. Can we get a cheers, by yeah, the way, to cheers. telepractice? <laughs> wow. Cheers. To the cheers. future. To the future. I mean, I definitely yes, see absolutely. myself. I need to drink, right? Here. You should. Yeah, you got to mm-hmm. drink that. <laughs> I totally see myself going the route of teletherapy in the near future well now i'm considering it more i have to try the supervision right i think i want to try that first as i eat this salad oh to like get an idea of how therapy looks okay well kristen's gonna do her best job of trying to explain to us what therapy looks like yeah i i will try through yes through just audio so yeah that's hard yeah, no. You can send us you know, pictures. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Paint yeah. a picture first. So, we'll put it on Instagram. I know. Um, I will say if anybody's coming to ASHA, um, I will be there in our booth. And we do have our therapy room up and you can come and play. So oh, that's awesome. you're gonna be at the booth? Presence learning booth. I will I will be there. I'm also speaking at the SIG 18, which is a telepractice special interest group. So, and we have another, my colleagues are have doing a presentation on, on really some of the basics of telepractice. So, do you know your booth yeah, number? So I'm excited to be there. Oh, wow. Um, I should. I don't. That's I okay. can share that with you later. We'll get that information. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. But SLP's Wine and okay. Cheese is yeah. booth 896. Yes, we so will be at 896. Yeah. So, Come visit us. Come Lovely. see us. I will for party. sure. Yeah, it was a party a, last year. It was a party last year. We Sometimes I was overwhelmed. I was like, wow, this is a big party. <laughs> this is a lot it's of a party lot of for a, yeah. a long time. <laughs> a lot of party for a long yeah. time. That's how I would describe it. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. I was slightly I sensory overload. It yeah. was, we need some noise canceling <laughs> and we'll be good. Yeah, maybe. Yes, it doesn't really slow down as opposed to going because I I do a lot of state conferences and when sessions are you know going it quiets down and you have some time but ash is just nonstop. There's people going coming all the time. So, Mm -hmm. Um, activities. So you know activities. Um, I it really is again. It was something that I was initially concerned about. I was surprised at how how I was able to translate what I did in person to the computer and to teletherapy. So again, in our platform, and I, would, and I think that this is available, you know, in a lot of different ways, but if you're, you know, not working with us specifically, but we have the capability, you can upload anything that's in PDF form. So for instance, when I first started, I used to love using a lot of picture books with my elementary school kiddos. So I probably scanned about a dozen of my favorite books uploaded them to my therapy room and they pop up I can turn the pages right there and then the kids also had whiteboard tools so we could circle and stamp and highlight you know within the book which was really fun um so of course I mean the kids have the mic you have it's it's synchronous it's live uh, there is there are some people out there who still think that teletherapy is a recording and the kids are sitting there watching a recording um that's just not the case at all so it's just like us talking now of course except for the video feed and so anything that you're doing auditorily you can easily translate 
That's our show, everyone. Thanks for listening to SLP's Wine and Cheese. We have new episodes every week, so be sure to subscribe. Also, we'd appreciate it if you would like and review us on iTunes. If you love the show and want more bonus content, then check us out at patreon.com slash SLP's Wine and Cheese. Until next time, have a good night.